Back to the question, as opposed to the scandalous aspects of this whole thing, what happens next for the city of Toronto? What sort of things are triggered as a result of John Tory signaling that he intends to step aside? For that, John Mascaran joins us, a municipal affairs lawyer and a frequent guest here to explain how cities muddle their way through troubles like these. John Mascaran, it's nice to have you. Good morning. Always nice to be here, John. Thank you. So I understand that in order to resign, the mayor has to send his notification to the city clerk, who incidentally wasn't working this weekend because the city clerk was busy marrying off one of their kids. But I mean, what has to happen moving forward through this week? Yes. So what has to happen is he does have to file that written notice to the city clerk who has to receive it. As soon as he receives it, uh, John, then what he has to do is put it on an agenda at the next council meeting. Lo and behold, you have a council meeting, a special budget meeting scheduled for Wednesday. Well, under the definition of meeting, it includes a special meeting. So if John Tory actually does file his resignation notice with the clerk today, tomorrow, or possibly early Wednesday, it should be on the agenda for Wednesday's budget meeting. And that's when council must declare the seat vacant. That means he is no longer the mayor at that point. As you know, he was going in on the weekend. He indicated he was going to be meeting with the clerk, the city manager, and the deputy mayor to put in place an orderly transition because he's still the mayor at the moment. Okay, so being the deputy mayor is sort of like being the deputy prime minister. It's not like being the vice president. You don't automatically assume power. So who selects the the next uh, interim mayor? Well, it'll be by by-election. So uh, in the interim, uh, my view is, and I stand to be corrected because I've been hearing otherwise over the weekend, I would have thought that uh, Jennifer McKelvey as the deputy mayor, the appointed deputy mayor, would step in and have all of the authority of John Tory. There, there is some question about that, and it hasn't been clarified. To me, I don't see anything that puts a stop to that, but she is only acting at this point. Then there has to be a by-election. That's what council will have to uh, do at some point, because you cannot appoint anyone. This is new, John. As you know, strong mayor powers were put in place upon the new term of council on early November. That means that the only way that the vacancy of the head of council in the city of Toronto can be filled is by a by-election. And so council has to order that. And when council does that, then the clerk takes over and the scheme, the, uh, the, the process is outlined in the Municipal Elections Act. Okay. And sorry, maybe I missed it, but uh, what is the timeline in terms of how early we can or how much can we delay holding an election? Well, that's really interesting. Council has 60 days from the date of the declaration of vacancy to pass a bylaw to order the the by-election. So that's could be two months, so we could be looking at sometime in mid-April if they take the longest time. Uh, The shortest time? If someone has jockeyed for position, has already understood that they have the backing of certain people, you may see a notice of motion brought much earlier than that to to have the by-election called, and then the whole system takes place. I think um, the clerk has to then put in place a scheme between 30 to 60 days from there. Uh, Nomination period has to take place, and then the election is 45 days from the date of nomination day, which is the last day. 
for taking nominations. So my view, it could be as early as possibly three months. I can't really see it going quicker and maybe as long as five months before you have the by-election. Good grief. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Thank you, John.